Welcome to Keep Your Pet Current Podcast. This is Debbie Mann. And I have with me a friend from many years ago, right, Terry? I mean, we met, what, 20 years ago? Probably 1996. Oh, so is that when you did The Family of Women? I did, yes. Okay, so 96. So it's over 20 years. It's like 24 years. Wow. Yes, time flies. Yeah, it sure does. And we've uh, reconnected through social media. Welcome to my podcast. Pretty excited to talk to you about what you're up to and where your life has taken in the last 25 years or so. Well, we won't cover 25 years. We will cover one aspect of it. But, you know, this podcast is about people going through difficult times and coming through the other end. Why don't we start there? What happened to you that had you listened to my podcast and then reach out? Well, I'm so excited to reconnect with you and thank you for hosting this. This is really awesome. I um, thought that you had a struggle too and that you're sort of letting people voice these kinds of journeys that they've been through. And I certainly have been through one myself. So at least 10 years ago, I got really sick and I was so sick that I couldn't really walk or stand for very long without feeling like my body was going to collapse and the the whole skeleton would just fall to the ground. And um, the medical profession just gave me, here's the number for disability services. You're going to be in a wheelchair soon. There's nothing more we can do for you. We can maybe try manage your pain and that was it and you know i tried all of that and it was not working because i felt like a zombie and still had pain <laughs> so did it creep up on you were there signs were there symptoms of this disease that you don't have a name for yeah there were i started having rashes here and there all over my body like these really inflamed red spots on the top of my hands and People could see them. It's like, what's wrong with your hands? And I'm, I don't know. And I didn't really have any pain at that time, just these weird rashes. And and then my uh, joints all started clicking and clacking, every single one of them as I walked, as I moved. And I still felt okay, but this clicking and clacking was kind of weird. And I did have some pain in my hip at one time, and it would sort of come and go. And that, um, the rashes and all of that sort of lasted a few months or I'm not really sure actually maybe six months and then clicking and clacking and then soon after that I would say two weeks if I recall correctly um it was just I couldn't get out of bed I couldn't stand my joints all swelled up like this around my knees were like that my elbows and I think what really happened was that they were the swelling was there to keep my skeleton together that's really what it felt like because it honestly felt like my skeleton was going to collapse so it was like um, over a period of two weeks that that happened the clicking and the rash to the the, walk really yeah were you going through any any challenges like i'm thinking had you been anywhere where you could have picked up something had you gone through some emotional challenges. I, I'm just asking. Yeah, believe me, I was curious too. <laughs> I was also very frightened. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It was also yeah. very frightening. Yeah. yeah. So in the end, what I found out was I had gone to India because I was doing meditation at the time for about five years. It was my second trip to India and two years in a row. And when I came, I had dysentery when I came back, which is traveler sickness. Uh-huh. And um, 
so that's not really, really great when you're trying to work and all of that. <laughs> so I'd gone to the doctor and uh, he gave me, quote unquote, these are the strongest antibiotics I can give you. And they actually did help with that for a short time, but it, not permanently, that's for sure. And I just got sicker and sicker with these rashes and uh, my stomach blew up like a balloon. I looked like I was pregnant. I'd gained 50 pounds. And so that was gradual too. It was like after the antibiotics, all these other symptoms started to appear, the rashes. So he gave you the antibiotics for the dysentery? Yes. All right. So, I mean, after I got the... Um, after going to so many doctors, I mean, I went to um, neuro specialists, I had Lyme disease tests, I had AIDS tests, I had, you know, everything. And um, they really couldn't find anything wrong with me, except that I, they said that I had arthritis and osteoporosis, and I'd lost 30% of my bone mass. And that took them a while to find all that out. Yeah. 30% of your so, bone mass. So how did they figure that out? Did they do a uh, bone, bone density, density test? Okay, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I mean, once they gave me the slip for, you know, the Arthritis Society and the disability number for, you know, disability, I just started Googling natural cures or, you know, every day I was just on the computer looking for something that would help me. And I just really was determined in my mind, actually what I said to myself is I'm gonna cure myself, or I'm gonna die trying. Mm. A lot of people out there who are like that, who are just, determined to try to find something that the doctors can't. Yeah. So I'm happy to say that after all of that, um, I am better. <laughs> it took a long time. It well, took that... a long time. It took years to get better. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when did this start? So when did the, so when did you go to India and when? Yeah, I wish I could remember the year exactly. I think it was, you know, at least 10 or 11 years ago. Okay. And yeah, I was doing all this meditation. I was in these blissful states, you know, <laughs> I was teaching it. And I was like, what the heck happened here? <laughs> I'm kind of strange karma. Oh, gosh, I tried everything. I tried acupuncture. I tried chiropractor. Actually, I was, I continued to go to work. And it was actually just took me so long to do everything. Like, I just didn't have energy, right? And um, what did you do for work? Uh, I had a spa back then. You know, I, I, I was self-employed. I didn't have a lot of employees. I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to lose everything, right? I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Like, I just couldn't accept it. So I continued to go to work, but I couldn't work a lot. I just did what I could to, you know, earn. and luckily I still earned enough money to pay all my bills, but I ended up in a huge amount of debt because I was really paying for like acupuncture, chiropractor. I was going to the chiropractor three days a week just to kind of get back into line. And I was limping and I couldn't um, pick things up off the floor. And it was like, please don't <laughs> drop anything. Right? Were your bones clicking and clacking? On the, on the chiropractor table? Like, was that painful? Um, yeah, well, I, I had my chiropractor had this bed that you just stand on and then you, it, you know, automated you <laughs> to the left, to the, to lying down position. So, and I went to a chiropractor who didn't crack you. He uses this um, trigger, I don't know, something mechanism that just 
So it would just give me the most temporary relief. But at the time it was like, I just didn't know what else to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried acupuncture and, um, oh my goodness. I went to so many people. I can't even remember osteopaths. <laughs> um, you know, I would get sort of temporary relief, but I, it was so temporary. Like it was like 10 minutes. I didn't know what to do. Like, I just, you know, it's like they told me they could help me. So, you know, whereas the Western medicine told me right out, they couldn't. I asked okay. them, can you cure me? And they said, no. So when people were telling me, yes, we can help you. I kind of continued to go to them and still searched for other options. And then I went to one person who said, you have absolutely no good bacteria in your body. Zero go home right now and take some probiotics. Mm. But the, what they didn't tell me was to continue taking them. And, you know, I had a lot of brain fog at that time too. understand um, that part. So yeah. my, everything sort of, I was taking literally. So I went home and took them for three days. <laughs> they didn't right. tell me, keep taking them for the rest of your life or until you feel better. Or I just, you know, it seems kind of silly now that I didn't get that, but I didn't get that at the time. I needed to be, you know, explicit instructions. And so I continued on. And then eventually, actually a neighbor came over with some kombucha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, here, Terry, try this. And I'm like, okay, you know, try anything. And I did actually continue with that. And I guess I had figured out at the time that I did need that, that I had found out um, just through Googling and research that when you take antibiotics, they actually destroy your whole ecosystem. So it's like taking uh, uh, a nuclear bomb and dropping it in the Amazon rainforest and everything's gone, everything. And so unless I was putting back into my body good cultures, which was, would be what the rainforest would need it. It would need all of that replanted, right? Um, from the air, from the ecosystem, from all yeah. the things that happened, like, you know, the mulch and all of that, those things, I needed to replenish it. So in it, that took years to Really, eh? Yeah. And then I went on to other probiotics because that sort of plateaued. I had like some success, lost maybe 10 or 15 pounds of the 50 I'd gained. And um, yeah, it was um, a really, that was like the, you know, the hero's journey really, <laughs> like the dark night of the soul, what they right. call. And I literally went through all of those steps and, and the grief and I would cry, you know, looking at my body that was like, looked like it was pregnant and, you know, having doctors ask me, I went to a physiotherapist and they said, you know, how do I know your, your joints didn't always look like that, but you always, your knees didn't always look like that. I'm like, I can assure <laughs> you they didn't. I think I know. <laughs> Wow. A lot of frustration. A lot of frustration. Did you fall yeah. into any kind of depression or or were, were you able to keep your spirits or your, your healthy mind up even though you were in a brain fog? Yeah, I think, um, I don't really think I had um, depression as per se because I don't really think I've had depression my whole life. I had anxiety, lots of anxiety. So, you know, that was a lot of nervous energy that I was carrying around. And, I, and to be honest with you, um, I found out really that I've had anxiety. I had anxiety my whole life. 
and you know I had it. My mother had anxiety her whole life. We kind of knew she had it, but I didn't know I did mm. um, because it was just my natural state. <laughs> it was, so is, so are you saying that was a learned behavior? Yes. In some ways, I suppose it is a learned behavior and in a lot of ways. So what I've learned through the work that I do is that what our parents and our grandparents and our ancestors don't resolve gets passed on to the next generation. Well, before we get yeah. there, let's continue on with what you found or what your, your next step was after in your research. Yeah. So I think after trying, you know, all of sort of the physical ways, like the acupuncture and the chiropractor and osteopath and all of that, I really went into like, there's got to be something inside of me, like a thought or a belief you know, that um, I brought this on and I'm acting out. I don't think it was maybe even that articulate at the time. <laughs> so I, just, I went into looking into inner child work and parts work and that kind of thing. And although I was really fascinated with it and thought it was an amazing concept and actually went and trained in it, I didn't have any relief from it. Okay. And I mean, not that I did 50 sessions or 100 sessions of it. I just thought, you know, if I'm not finding any relief after 10 sessions, then maybe I need to look somewhere else. And so I continued and trained in other things. <laughs> uh, I figured, well, if I'm going to do the work, I might as well just train in it, right? Yep. And um, so I did that and changed in some energy work and still felt like, you know, nothing's really budging me here. And it really wasn't until I realized that I'm a trauma survivor and I needed to do trauma-informed work. How did Somebody you discover needed, that, Terry? Um, I guess just through all the work, I realized that, um, oh, if you were... Um, if you grew up in a violent home, you're a trauma survivor, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, it was simply that. And I realized, oh, I grew up in a, in a really violent environment and there was chaos every day and uh, fighting. And we were, there was a lot of physical violence. And um, so, and that was directed at the children as well. And I realized that. And so I even had to start having some flashbacks about my childhood mm -hmm. um, and even the, you know, the abuse that um, some of my siblings had um, experienced as well as having flashbacks of their abuse. And um, yep, that's how I found out I was a trauma survivor. Okay. Know. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's just normal, right? It was like, okay, that, well, that was my life. And I don't know, there was a lot of that in my generation. That is how parents parented, you know, different extremes of that. But when you grow up uh, being afraid of your parents, you actually are afraid of life and other people. Okay. That's yeah, interesting. Because, yeah, because those are your role models and that's the way you experience life and you just believe that life is that way. And so you keep attracting that into your life until you can resolve it. And then you will start attracting different things. So after you did like your inner child work and all the other work, because you had meditation already, you had sort of that 
overall physical care through your spa. So everything that you had learned to take care of yourself physically, plus all the research you had done, how did you fall? How did you find the next step? I mean, was there anything in between? Well, what's the next step in your journey? I guess that's the long, the short question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The never ending journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just kept searching. I just kept searching and, you know, looking up things. And then I found, um, so I was in the middle of launching, you know, this um, inner parts, inner child work. And I was going to bring that to others, but I still was searching. And I came across a coach that said, you know, the best inner work that they had ever done. And they were a very successful, pretty big coach in, from Australia that said, you know, the best inner work that I would highly recommend to anybody is Bert Hellinger's work, Family Constellations. So I wrote that down, started looking at, you know, this Family Constellations and Bert Hellinger, which I'd never heard of found um, some YouTube videos, watched those. And then I just reached out to um, a person on from YouTube that had this video and it looked really intriguing. And she turned out to be in Oregon. I had a session with her and she made so much sense to me um, through what I was experiencing in life. And one of the things that she said right away was, because I had said to her, I feel like I can be walking, you know, and just talking and doing my work and doing whatever. And that all of a sudden an energy will come at me and I'm in fear. I'm in anxiety. And like, what is that? <laughs> and she knew, she said, that's not your energy. It's coming from your family system. And I'm like, Oh, I was so relieved to hear it wasn't my energy because it really felt like it was coming from the outside. And I really couldn't articulate it necessarily or understand it. Okay. And um, so she asked me questions about my childhood and my mother, my relationship with her, because our mother is our first bond, the first relationship in the world, which we model our other relationships from. And... Um, I found out that I really had a broken bond with my mother. I didn't feel ever comfortable going to my mother and asking for help. That starts in childhood. So as a child, I decided that I wouldn't go to my mother anymore. And she just wasn't available. She had too much of her own anxiety to be fully available for us. So when we did go to her, when I went to her, um, all I got was this was really too much for her. So mm. go. And so really what I was doing was taking on her energy to be like her or to be close to her. It was the only way I knew how to be close to her was to be like her. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So okay. now I'm like you. Now I'm like you, mom. Do you like me? <laughs> so... You found all this out from that therapist in that family constellation, that family and systemic constellation therapist in Oregon? Yeah, some of it. I mean, I've gone on to do at least um, 20 other, you know, personal constellations for myself. Um, and it was a gradual learning and shifting my perspective and mending that bond with my mother. 
um, accepting her, understanding her. I love this work because it really just shows you how deep our love goes and what we will do to stay in our family system, to feel like we belong there and to be accepted there. And what we'll take on, you know, literally take on others' burdens in an effort as a child and carry that into our adult life in an effort to belong to that system. So with your first, with your first consultation uh, with this woman from the States, did you find any relief? I honestly didn't, but what okay. I found, not physical relief. What okay. I found was um, a lot of understanding. So it was more of a lot of perspective, new perspectives. So I wouldn't really say that they shifted me, but what they did was kept me moving forward with hope. Okay. Until I could get to um, sort of full relief. And I don't think it's, I mean, I've had, I've worked with people and um, I've seen other people that have had, you know, turn around 100% in, you know, in uh, one session and that's possible. But I don't always think that that's possible if you're a trauma survivor. There's a lot more work to be done. And you know what, honestly, I think we're all trauma survivors in a lot of ways. Uh, right now, the whole world's being traumatized. We have these collective waves of energy, you know, coming at us. Uh, of shock and um, fear and if you're a trauma survivor you connect to that and can be activated by it because it's just a really familiar energy and it's a really big energy right now and it's very oppressive so you know I really have a lot of compassion for people right now that are feeling activated and triggered by what's going on in the world yeah, well I do too it's kind of well bottom line is frightening there's just a lot of unknowns. There's no, there's no control. Although I'm learning, there's no such thing as control. But um, yeah, I've learned yeah. that as well. Yeah, there are much bigger forces than you know we are individually. So what was mm -hmm. so you you had your first one. You found some session resonated with you. What she was doing with you resonated with you, and you kept working yes. with her. And is that what happened? And I didn't actually because um, she was, it was over the phone and when I kept searching, kept searching <laughs> and I found uh, someone in Toronto. Okay. So I've done um, several trainings with her, wonderful um, facilitator. And I even went to Germany. I was hoping to meet oh, Bert wow. Hellinger, the founder of the work. So I did that two years ago, actually. And he died a year after that. And I did miss out on seeing him live, but I, I did get to work with many of his, you know, 30, 40 year prodigies. Wonderful. When did you find physical relief? At what point did you find, was that gradual as well? Yeah, it was very gradual. And um, so I think for the last, uh, I would say five years, maybe, yeah, maybe not even five, four or five years. I'm back, back, back down to the normal weight. I've, I've always been my whole life. I was actually left with a limp. So everything else was working okay. Still uh, some stomach issues, um, but that's controlled with, because I still take probiotics every day. But I was left with this limp and I really 
so it was always still uncomfortable to stand in one place. I couldn't stand in one place for very long because I, you know, one leg was left shorter than the other and the hip was out. It was locked in place. And um, I kind of just lived with it. It was, you know, I could still do everything. I could run, I could walk, I could, you know, I still had stamina. And, you know, I just sort of gave up like trying all the physical things I knew it was something emotional that would unlock it. I just kept going and trusted that one day it would unlock. And lo and behold, actually, it's only been a few months ago that it unlocked. I um, actually went back and did some, because this, this work never ends. Okay. <laughs> some training with the original person that I was introduced to Family Constellations with. And she did a session with me. And the next day... I woke up and it wasn't about my hip. I woke up and it was like halfway through the day at least. And I thought, what? My hip is unlocked. My hip is unlocked. <laughs> it's like, and I could, I could tell because I could, if I tried to kick my leg forward, one would go higher than the other. I think it was the left one went higher, but it's the left hip that's locked, interesting enough. And I used to be a figure skater years ago. So I would always, you know, do that spiral position, just put my legs up lean against something and put them up behind me. Yeah. And I could tell too. So that leg, the left leg would go lower uh, when it went up behind me, but in front of me, it went higher. Anyway, so I did that little exercise. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and what, what was interesting too, is I couldn't stand with my feet together. So, and I, I can stand with my feet together. So that was the other thing. I can stand with my feet together without feeling like, well, I just couldn't put them together actually, but now I can. So it was really just a few months ago. So after 10 years, it took all that time to really come full circle and have that, that hip on lock. And it's really interesting to me is because the mother is the left side of the body and that's the side that was locked. Wow. Yeah. So we carry our mother's, uh, our, our mother wounds in the left side of our body most often. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was really elated. Yeah. Wow. So when did you start becoming a facilitator? I started, um, so I did a lot of training, which this work is like not a weekend training, that's for sure. I started facilitating about two years ago. And so I was doing live workshops, which I really loved. So I've always sort of been a teacher. I've had a teaching experience in my background. And um, so about two years ago, I started hosting workshops. And then uh, I, my whole life changed, left the spa a year ago. I sold my house in December. My children lost their father uh, just over a year ago. Um, sorry. Was just so, yeah, there was just so much grief there with them. Um, and my life just was changing. So, so many things were changing. I renovated my house I had to live with my sister under renovations it was just like and I I just took some time off that I really needed to do um I had lived with my sister for a month while the renovations were done and and then I just got back into the work actually after taking off at least nine months it was like a birth <laughs> okay yeah and yeah <laughs> um and then this whole COVID hit and so I started doing online work and actually my business is doing really, really well. I'm so happy to just focus on one thing 
and yeah, I'm like, I'm loving working online. Actually, I didn't think I would. <laughs> you, I have to tell you, there's a friend of mine didn't think she would either. And she started to do some of her courses online and she's loving it. Yeah, it's really nice um, not to have to leave. And it's really nice, actually, to um, when we can travel again, to be yeah. able to travel and still be able to support clients wherever you are laptop with me, wherever I am yeah so it's quite fantastic and I actually never felt happier in my life under <laughs> that's amazing yeah. yeah I feel so full of energy I feel so alive I feel happy I'm on the anxiety's gone wow <laughs> for, the time, for the first time in my life I don't have this you know constant anxiety with me and I don't have to manage it, you know, because I was always managing my anxiety, you know, this tool and that tool and breathe. And it's like, and, you know. Which can be exhausting in itself. Exactly. Yes. So it's just um, really pleasant just to be who I am and flaws and all. <laughs> so out of curiosity, you have kids, you know, your, your siblings are still around. Have you ever, have you, I'm not sure working with your children is a good idea, but have they done any of the work with other, have you shared the wealth with your family? I guess that's what I wanted to. Yeah. Well, um, I want to just say that when we change our family changes, because we have like our own energy field. And then we have collective energy fields. And so our family is like a collective energy field. And Bert Hellinger calls it the family soul. And so we are really influenced and affected by that family soul and that vibrational field that, you know, they are contained in. So when one person in that field, they heal the past, the present, and the future, which is just phenomenal wow because if we don't heal it i think i might have mentioned this um we pass on the trauma to family to friends to associates mostly to to family but of course anybody we're in contact with is always affected by our energy so Mm -hmm. do you find since you have been doing this work Have you found your relationship with your siblings, with your children, different? Yes, I'm more present because my anxiety is not there. And are they different with you? I'm not really sure. Uh, We get along. Haven't been able to see them as much lately because of what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, we we get along, and um, you know, we can have our our differences, and and you know, I guess I really. What I've learned is um, that my children are adults and to respect my limits with them, you know, that I can only, they'll only take so much from me. And so and that's got to be enough. And when they're ready for more, they'll come for more. So I have a lot of peace around that. I used to be, and I still can do that a little bit, very imposing, which I really didn't even realize. Like always just still trying to help, still trying to help. You know, I'm, I'm the helper type. <laughs> so still giving lots of advice and lots of and and for the most and I I can tune into you know when it's enough <laughs> so it's like offering unsolicited advice that's one of the things I learned a long time ago is I was always full of advice but nobody was asking for it <laughs> but I was willing right. to share it yeah. with you <laughs> yeah and as their mother I felt I had a right right but they're adults 
and, and really letting go of a lot of that control and just allowing them to have their own lives and just honoring that the, that's their fate and that's their life and, and their journey. That's wonderful, actually. Yeah. And doing that with others as well. <laughs> honoring my mother's fate, too, you know, and my, my parents' fate. Um, my, I really see how strong my mother was to carry so much, to be sick for 25 years with heart failure and still wow. live to 86. Wow. And she just, and to carry that and her determination and her strength to, um, you know, she's a very strong woman to have suffered so much and still wanted to live. And, and so I, I just have so much respect and compassion for my parents and what they went through and still survived and um, passed on life to me so that I could pass on life to my children and my were grandchildren. You, were your parents, well, they would have been old enough to be, in the, to, to be impacted by the Second World War, I'm assuming. Yeah, they weren't. My father was not in the war. Um, there is um, war in the family. My grandfather, my mother's father, and war does, the traumas of war do get passed on as well. My grandfather was um, separated from his only brother. He came to Canada and the brother was left and they never, ever saw each other again. Oh, isn't so that, that sad? Leaves a hole in, yeah, and it leaves a hole in the family, right? That there's always something missing. Picks up on that. There's always something missing. What's missing, right? And tries, and the younger generation will try and bring that back, that missing person through their own actions and actually not even necessarily live their own life then, but, you know, fill the spot of another. It's really deep work. And when the, and all it really needs is acknowledgement from the heart and soul. You know, this person is missing and they belong. I was going to say it's simple, but it's really not. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, 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 even, yeah it's, it's simple, but it's not. Exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> you offer this constellation. Yes. As your work now, that's your primary work now. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. I just love it. I love seeing, um, you know, I think I love it in for every step of the way because I understand people's pain. I've, I've been there. I understand people's fear. I've like, you know, not just had the anxiety and the fears. I've had the physical problems as well. And I, I do realize that there's a way out. And so I really hold that space for people that there is a way out and they find their own way out, really. I'm wow. just there as a bridge, you know. Really interesting. Yeah. yeah, we really do have all the answers inside. We just need um, a bridge to walk. And that's really what I see myself as a bridge for people to walk over to the other side like I did. <laughs> I walked over to the back, really to myself, because we all have a core self it's there it's just and that core self is always there it's always steady it's always sure it's always okay <laughs> but in front of it is all of the trauma strategies that we use to hide the trauma and to work with the trauma and once we go through those processes we find the self it's there been there waiting for you to turn to it and live your life well so just being a devil's advocate, does it work for everybody? Yeah, you, the person has to be willing. So 
so, you know, as, as a facilitator, I can really only take a client as far as they're willing to go. You can't push people to the next step. They have to be willing. So most the people that I work with are willing because they're, they're reaching out to me. I'm not chasing them for the most part. And yes, it can take more than one session, although I'm finding really great results right now in the format I'm using. I mean, phenomenal. <laughs> I've literally seen people, I just did a session um, a few days ago and the person had vertigo and they went into, uh, you know, you step into these different positions and they got dizzy, which is what vertigo is. And then their ear popped and it was cleared. <laughs> wow. And, and that I, was your first like session was, with her? Yes. Yes. Wow. And we didn't go in for we didn't go in for vertical. So our physical ailments are really um, a symptom of something else, right? And her issue was around taking care of herself, which I can totally relate to. I've gone in with that issue myself, being able to feel confident in taking care of myself uh, monetarily uh, in in every way. Um, and yeah, I've just I've just seen it too much to um, too many times to say that it, it's, it's totally possible one session, but I don't like to make any promises. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting so story. I'm so happy you came, you reached out to me and asked to share it because I think, I think it's just fascinating and thank you for doing that. Having this chat, it was really a, a pleasure to reconnect with you, Debbie. Any other last words? Yeah, I would like to say, I, I really believe there's always a way out, uh, whatever dilemma you're in. Um, it doesn't really matter if you're having relationship problems, if you're having problems with your children, your spouse, your health, there's always a way out and you just have to turn towards it. Beautiful. Thank you, Terry. This is Debbie Mann. Thank you for joining Keep Your Pecker Up podcast and don't forget to hit subscribe. 